Thank you for downloading this episode of the 155 Podcast, the public records interview series of all candidates in Hamilton's 2018 municipal election. For more election coverage, visit thepublicrecord.ca where you can sign up for our City Hall newsletter. Episode 35, Tom Jackson, incumbent member of City Council, running for re-election in Ward 6, recorded on September 1st, 2018. Tom Jackson, you're an incumbent member of City Council. You're running for re-election in Ward 6 to City Council. Welcome to the Public Records, the 155 podcast. Thanks for this opportunity. Firstly, tell us, who is Tom Jackson? Tom Jackson is a son of working-class Armenian immigrant family. Both my mother and father came from their ancestral home. Their parents escaped, fortunately, the persecution of the 1915 deportation of 1.5 million Armenians, and they came to this Canada with nothing but hope, hard work, and opportunity for their new family. And I've been very lucky and fortunate to be born here in this great city of Hamilton, and I've been honored to represent the East Mountain community for nearly 30 years now. Why are you running? Joey, my entire mantra has been, since the first time I ran to this current election campaign, my mantra has consistently been, if elected, and obviously over the last number of elections, if re-elected, I will do my very best to increase and improve the quality of life for the residents of the East Mount Ward 6 community who have given me the honor and privilege of representing them. And quite frankly, My mantra over all these years now dovetails nicely with the City of Hamilton amended mission vision statement, I feel, of best place to raise a child and age successfully. Do you live in Ward 6, yes or no? Yes, I do. Does it matter if one lives in the community one seeks to represent? Joey, obviously, there's no legal requirement, but I have always felt ethically it's important to live in the community you're hoping to represent to show your primary form of investment is within one of the neighborhoods of that community that people will look to you and will also appreciate the fact that you understand their issues, their neighborhood concerns, because your own primary investment is in the community they live in as well. So I feel ethically it's important. How have you contributed to your community and our city? So, Joey, as uh, prior to getting elected to city council, I've never forgotten my roots from a hard work immigrant background. I was a volunteer in my uh, church. I was a volunteer in helping to get a neighborhood watch started as a citizen in my former neighborhood along Albion Falls. I served as a volunteer on the Heart and Stroke Foundation in the 80s. And I was lucky enough to get appointed with a couple of uh, civic committees back then, both the Crystal Palace Committee and the uh, Mub Show Committee. And of course, since of the first full year of getting elected in 1989, for nearly 30 years, I've contributed to my community using my God-given talents to the best of my ability in public life. What are your two priorities for Ward 6 and two priorities for Hamilton as a whole? I would say, Joey, my two priorities for Ward 6 are continued improvement and modernization of infrastructure, which includes beautification at the intersections where there's concrete islands, and secondly, services for seniors in terms of my ward. As far as citywide, I would say to maintain the momentum 
that we're experiencing at our waterfront and also with the economic diversification that's occurring in our city that is providing some new commercial, industrial assessment, and much-needed, good-paying jobs as well. What are three skills you will bring to elected office that make you the best choice to represent Hamiltonians on City Council? Joey, I have an honors BA in political science from our homegrown McMaster University. And in my studies in the four years, I studied comparative governments, comparative politics. So I thought that is a skill that helped to groom me with my higher education. Secondly, I did work in industry, both as a student at DeFasco, the National Steel Car to help pay my way through my university studies, and then for about seven years worked full-time at Stelco. So I feel that I had a good working backgrounding in terms of understanding the historic blue-collar nature of our city. And thirdly, Joey, is my, my previous ownership in small business with two Second Cup stores that taught me about customer service. Hamilton zoning regulations prevent the building of multi-unit clustered housing, which is in scale with existing single-family housing, commonly referred to as the missing middle. There are approximately 100,000 Hamiltonians in their 20s and approximately 140,000 Hamiltonians over the age of 65. The missing middle is medium-density, transit-connected housing in walkable communities and is important to young renters, first-time owners, and critical for seniors seeking to successfully age in place in the communities they've lived for decades. As a member of City Council, you will need to address housing challenges in Hamilton. You will face opposition to infill development and provincially mandated intensification. How will you respond to concerns about development, and where do you believe mid-density growth should occur in your ward? Joey, I found this to be both an educational question for me, which caused me to do some research, as well as I found it to be a very complex issue. So what I learned about the missing middle is that this housing refers mostly to the type of housing stock that would be duplexes, fourplexes, bungalow courts, courtyard townhomes, that style of housing, and or possibly to refurbish older buildings or possibly repurpose schools that could now become apartments, condominiums, etc. I'm fine with any of this type of housing to be explored. First and foremost, with city staff, I would love to engage city staff and have a report back on how this could, uh, the feasibility of this being implemented. However, I will say, and now I'm going to somewhat go off on a tangent here by tying in the key question, but overall with intensification issues and other types of development. For me, aesthetics of housing has always been key. I want people, regardless of the type of housing that they live in, to be proud of their home. I want it for them to feel like it's a prestigious dwelling place. Perfect example for me is now it's going to be in the outgoing part of my Ward 6, but I'm very proud of the fact I recently won $15 million approval at the City Housing Hamilton Board to new build 65 units at the Macassa Apartments along Macassa Avenue and to renovate 106 more. So this is a classic example for me of seniors housing in a multi-clustered complex. Now getting back to aesthetics, scope and suitability as well of any multi-residential development are important to me, and I believe the majority of my constituents. When I first joined City Council, 
I joined an affordable housing task force that back then was chaired by a former colleague of mine, David Christofferson. I advocated for something no one else did around that table, aesthetics. It bothers me and had bothered me back then that in existing neighborhoods, especially in existing single-family neighborhoods, that they could point to subsidized or social or affordable housing, a stock that was just around the corner. I vowed to reverse that image, at least in Ward 6. I think and I believe some shining examples of that kind of transformation and blending in now of different housing stock into existing neighborhoods that's been a success story and provided positive coexistence is 980 Upper Ottawa, 801 Upper Gage, 1100 Lime Ridge, and of course the future Macassar Apartments as well. Now to intensification, the issue of intensification. When many were talking about about 10 years ago, trying to reduce urban sprawl, and the provincial government then came out with its provincial policy paper about places to grow. Many in our community were talking that intensification would be the panacea for stopping urban sprawl. I predicted that intensification would not be the panacea because if not handled properly, it would create enormous backlashes because of existing neighborhoods feeling there's jammed in developments occurring, spillover parking issues, sun shadow issues, privacy concerns, etc. So my approach with this whole complex issue of housing and of a different housing stock and mix, you must bring all players together early in the conceptual process. And lastly, I'm open-minded to high-rise proposals. However, my preference would be high-rise proposals would be on the main arterials where there's greater public transit opportunities, a better running times of, of public transit, more frequency of buses. So I like the higher-rise developments more on the perimeter of neighborhoods versus the interior. And lastly, again, I just want to point to the type of housing stock of co-ops over the years that I've been proud to support but consulting with neighborhoods before they were approved and built. 1295 Upper Gage at Royal Vista, a beautiful four-story seniors' apartment. Co-ops at 1380 Upper Ottawa and 1365 Lime Ridge Road East all over the last two and a half decades. To conclude, aesthetics are very important to me, and if we're going to address the missing middle, I would like to work with staff to explore these possibilities. What is something interesting or unique about Ward 6 that you believe the rest of Hamilton should know? Oh, Joey, there's so many wonderful, unique things about Ward 6. All right, being a little facetious. You know, there's, there's two or three I narrowed this down to, but I'm going to say that overall, it's a lovely, desirable place to live, mostly with working and middle-class families, pockets of wealth, affordable housing, and subsidized housing, especially for seniors, and a very multicultural, multilinguistic community to boot. What are two changes you will propose to improve city services? Joey, I'm a strong believer in public service, and we've got 7,000-plus employees. I would love to see more of what I've been calling for myself over the years that I've used. I feel effectively and overall successfully in Ward 6, my tri-party partnership which 
brings together citizens, city staff, and the elected office to cooperate, collaborate, put ideas on the table, and get things done, whether it's a program, project, issues, services, whatever it might be. So I'd like to see an enhancement within city government of my tri-party partnership. And I also, just towards the end of the outgoing city manager's administration and his departure, I'd like to see more of upper management, senior leadership team, and even mid-management getting out more in the community, doing more on-site visits, doing more explorations of exactly what is important to our taxpayers and our citizens. What are two changes you will propose to improve quality of life in Hamilton? Quality of life is so important to me, Joey. I know jobs. I know taxes. I understand all that, the economy, health care. I understand all that is incredibly important. But I have witnessed in my nearly 30 years on council how quality of life has literally come to the top in terms of priorities for my constituents. So first and foremost, I love engaging my constituents. I want their ideas and what's important to them to be brought to the table. It's something I've encouraged from the very first day. And it's interesting that when Paul Johnson was first hired, I'm going to just venture off for a moment here, but I'm trying to tie it into quality of life. When Paul Johnson was first hired and he was making the rounds, meeting with all members of council, I had a wonderful hour with him initially. And I talked about what I've been doing for a number of years with my constituents and my volunteers. And he said, Councillor, he said, our new neighborhood action plan that we're going to embark upon, especially for the downtown, where maybe there's been some neglect over the years, over the last decade or two, and the new hubs. He says, we may be calling it by a different name, and there might be a more grassroots type of component to it. Grassroots, like from the ground up, if you will. However, he said, in terms of your tri-party partnership and what you've been doing to enhance quality of life, to know what's important to your constituents, he said, you know what, you're already there, counselor, and you just encouraged me to keep doing that. Secondly, I would say, Joey, a traffic calming. Traffic calming in terms of quality of life. I would say in the last five years, that has been the number one consistent complaint in my office, has been issues about traffic and traffic calming, and safety for our citizens, primarily for pedestrians uh, crossing of many busy intersections. See, Hamilton City Council decided against ranked balloting. Ranked balloting enables voters to choose by prioritizing candidates they feel qualified for public office and best able to represent them. What is your position on ranked ballots? Uh, Joey, I'm not supportive of ranked balloting, and... I understand the flaws of the historic first-past-the-post system, our FPTP system, that I truly believe most Western democracies still incorporate and use. If I've had it right listening to the criticisms of the FPTP system, it's primarily, it seems to center around two issues. Number one, it doesn't necessarily reflect the majority of eligible voters. And secondly, incumbents can seem to be invincible in the the first-past-the-post system. On both those points, I would humbly disagree. If you look back over the last two or three decades in the city of Hamilton, both pre- and post-amalgamation, 
you would find incumbents, and I would suggest incumbents at the peak and prime of their public service and their power, didn't retire, didn't resign, but were defeated. So secondly, rank balloting for me doesn't necessarily reflect the majority wishes either. My point on that is this. If the eventual winner under a rank balloting system did not get 51% on the first ballot, that individual then had to rely upon second, third, fourth, fifth choices in order to get that 51%. So one could easily argue as well that you really truly did not get 51% of the electorate on the very first go around. So in spite of what may be some flaws in the current system, to me, it's simple, it's federally, provincially, and to my knowledge, what other municipal jurisdictions still use, and I'm going to continue to support it. How will you improve civic governance and engagement during the next four years? I think our civic engagement is really increasing, uh, Joey, and I'm really pleased to see that, and primarily across parts of our city, where again, maybe in the past, it wasn't as prominent as it was in other areas. I, for me, my tri-party partnership is something I'll continue to promote in other uh, jurisdictions of uh, the city. Community of interests is very important as well. For example, I want to point to what I consider to be one of the most universally acclaimed congratulated projects in my Ward 6, which came through a 25-member citizen task force working with city staff and myself over about a two, three-year period, and that is the Mountain Brow Boulevard. Wherever I go, not only on the East Mountain, but across the city, in fact, to points where some other of my colleagues now have pointed to the Mountain Brow Boulevard between the Kenilworth Access and Mohawk Road where the Quad Paterita is, with the multi-use recreational trail, the new road, the first street in Hamilton to have solar panels on the light posts, hooking in with the escarpment stairs, the decorative fencing, the laybys for parking. I've actually had some of my colleagues say to city staff, what they've got on the East Mountain there along the brow, we'd like to replicate and duplicate in other parts of the city. So I just continue loving to engage the citizens. It's important that for their quality of life, issues that are important for healthy, active living come to the fore. I always want to be respectful of community of interest as well, because if every neighborhood, Joey, is strong and healthy, that makes a community, in this case, the East Mount community, strong and better as well. How will the City of Hamilton's strategic plan guide your decision-making in hiring a new city manager, and what qualities do you seek in a new city manager? Well, let me tell you, Joey, 10 years ago, I was on the selection committee that hired Chris Murray. Now, it wasn't recommended by the selection committee. In fact, it was a split vote, the five of us. I won't mention who else was on it back then, but I was in the minority position back then of the five members of that selection committee, and I was constantly promoting, advocating for Chris Murray who, of course, as you know, ultimately council overturned the selection committee's recommendation for someone else and hired Chris Murray. And, you know, the qualities I saw in Chris is the type of qualities I'd like to see, if I'm lucky enough to get back on council, is the type of qualities I'd like to see 
and the succeeding city manager. Chris brought such a consensus-building approach. He provided leadership. He listened to the front line. He wasn't afraid of criticism. And he had a wonderful demeanor as a personality as well, along with his skills and education as a transportation planner, helping our community, whether you agreed with the Red Hill Valley Parkway project or not, but helped seeing the majority of successive councils who voted for it on behalf of the majority of the former region and since the amalgamation new city of Hamilton, wanting the parkway to be built and finished. He saw that through to fruition. Also, though, meeting with some of the disenchanted groups that had issues that opposed the parkway, he wasn't afraid to meet with them. I use that as a classic example of being respectful of minority positions. And yes, some people never agree the Red Hill Valley Parkway project got built, but it got built under his watch as project manager. And I'm not convinced another type of individual with a different set of DNA characteristics and personality and skills would have seen it through to fruition. So in the last 10 years, and Chris would be the first one to say, this is not about Chris Murray. He did that with a fabulous team from SLT right on down to frontline services in conjunction, having a pulse on what was important to city council. Because at the end of the day, whether you like the 16 of us or not, we're there on behalf of the people who have put us there as a family for four years to try as much as possible to work together and move our city forward. I think the successes of the last 10 years speak to his leadership. I keep mentioning Chris because if I'm lucky enough to get back on council, Joey, if I'm fortunate to get appointed back on the selection committee, I'd be one of the ones that would be looking for that type of skill set, personality, and individual. Let them put their own stamp on the position but hopefully not to reverse or dismantle, but build on the momentum we have. Politics is the art of allocating limited resources and compromising to find solutions. How will you do so? Joey, I'd like to think that my entire style and approach is exactly that. I listen to all my other colleagues, what's important to them. I try to support initiatives in all the various parts of the wards that make up our wonderful great city of Hamilton. And you're right, especially at budget time, there's limited resources. It's always been a balancing act. But for me, I'd like to think my record overall speaks to the fact that I try to find compromise. I try to find consensus. I try to be respectful of other areas and what's important to my colleagues in other parts of our city. But I will fight like the Dickens to what is important to the citizens and the residents of the East Mountain community. And in fact, on my pamphlet, every election, on the back of my pamphlet, which I'll be putting again, I put four-year accomplishments and four-year goals if re-elected. It's 2022. The public record is writing a review of the four-year council term that is just <clears throat> ending. What three words do you hope we will use to describe your term on council and what three words do you hope will describe council as a whole? If I'm fortunate enough to be reelected this October 22nd, Joey, and serve another four years, the three words I would hope in 2022 people would say about me is, number one, Tom delivered. Secondly, with integrity. 
and thirdly, was always accessible. From a city council standpoint, I would hope people would say that we provided leadership, that they were proud of our image representing them, and that we were results-oriented. Thank you. That's the end of the prepared questions you were sent in advance. Do you have any closing remarks you wish to share? Joey, to conclude, once again, thank you for this opportunity in this medium to reach a wide audience and possibly from my standpoint for a, a newer audience of listeners. I really appreciate this opportunity for this interview. I love helping people, Joey. I know it at times it may sound corny, but it's who I am. No matter how small or large the problem or issue, I love helping people. Taxpayers, I believe, will always get the biggest bang for their buck from the local level of government. They see tangible results in their roads, parks, arenas, rec centers, libraries, trails. I want to be part of a council continuing this momentum of past council terms, making Hamilton the best place to raise a child and age successfully. I think we've truly become a destination place. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. I want to thank the Terry Berry branch of the Hamilton Public Library for the use of their makerspace where we recorded today's podcast. This has been episode 35 of the Public Records, the 155 podcast. The Public Record is Hamilton's local, independent, reader-funded news outlet. This podcast is made possible by members of the Public Records Press Club. Visit thepublicrecord.ca to learn more and listen to all episodes of the 155 podcast. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed. The Public Record is a member of the National News Media Council, a voluntary self-regulatory organization that deals with journalistic practices and ethical behavior. To learn more about the Media Council, visit the Media Council at mediacouncil.ca. Thank you for listening. See you at the polls on October 22nd.